have a T-Rex? Are we doing Star Wars this week? <laughs> no! Not doing Star Wars this week. I thought that was Chewbacca. That's quite good. <laughs> wow. That's very good. That's very good. <laughs> but no, it's not Chewbacca. Although apparently they both had fur. Feathers. What? I'm just picturing Chewbacca with feathers now and it's horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> just bristles up every time he gets angry. Yeah, like Steppenwolf. Yeah. Well, then what's, the, what's how they're meant to sound? <laughs> it's still Chewbacca. <laughs> oh, no. What have we done? What do the velociraptors do? It's like that kind of cough. Ah, yeah. ah, 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 ah. We're going to offend our audience. <laughs> We're so sorry. Let's get stuck into this properly. We're the Trailer Island Podcast. We compare films and their trailers. Did the film deliver what the trailer promised? I'm Alex, and as always, I'm joined by... Steve. And am I allowed to talk? Yes. Are you sure? After a lifetime. <sighs> well, look, we know, Matthew, that you have an issue when you are really passionate about the film. You are the only person who ends up talking. I know. And I Look, so... I'm, I'm sorry. Um, I, I Just a little disclaimer, and I wasn't the one that suggested doing this movie, but this is also one of my favourite films of all time, so you two have permission to cut me off whenever you want. I also want to bring out the fact that uh, when we do a movie that you're not interested in, you won't shut up. So it's just all the time? Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay, sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well, uh, yeah, well, mm, yes. Mm. Uh, I'm Matthew. For those oh, who, yeah, yeah, if yeah. anyone hasn't heard before, that's... what is what is Matthew translated to in dinosaur? <laughs> in Dilophosaurus, it's uh, actually just a stand against a window. That's correct. Oh. Yes, the little, the little um, frilly neck isn't comes a d- up. Dilophosaur, isn't it? Dilophosaurus makes it a beautiful yet dangerous addition. To Jurassic Park. <laughs> He's already gone, guys. I watched this movie recently with a mate of mine, um, and we did a drinking game to it, and I could actually quote the whole film, even when drunk. Um, oh, this film is ingrained in my very soul. I don't know if I would like to watch you do that <laughs> or not like to watch you do that. Uh, the answer's probably not. It, it can be intimidating. Okay. Because <laughs> I do the voices as well. <laughs> Well, aren't you a clever girl? Mm. Um, Spent no expense. There. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, all right, it's a five from me. See you later. <laughs> if you dare to look it up, there is a parody that I did on YouTube of the Jurassic Park. Yeah, you've told me about this, yes. Yeah, one yes. day I may show it to you. Oh, okay, I'd like that. I've seen it, and uh, yeah. that's a big pile of shit. Do we allow that? Because it is a quote from the film. I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, if you are concerned by that language, please let us know and I'll change the marking on the uh, episode <laughs> notes. Um, um, oh, Steve. Yes. Uh, well, it's a PG film, isn't it? It is a PG film. So that, is, that now, the, is that the one sort of uh, tactical swear word they put in the film? Because yeah, I, I, oh, they don't, they don't f- drop an F-bomb in that, there. No, they no, definitely they don't. don't. That would be very unlike Steven Spielberg to do that in, in a film like this. But um, no, they, they do drop the, the, the S-word a couple of times. Okay. But no, it's it, this is, it's funny really. When I, I always grew up with this film thinking that it was like an, like a, you know, an M kind of thing. Like it's, it's mm. scary. It's a ter- As a kid, it's terrifying. And then I, I one day without, I guess I just never paid attention to what its rating was. And one day noticed and thought, wait, this is PG. How did they get away with that? Well, Steven Spielberg, he's known for giving a childlike wonder and fear yeah. in his films, mm. isn't he? And he That's does right. it exceptionally well. He does. Um, seeing as you love the movie so much, Steve, would you like to? <laughs> no, 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 please. Because I'll do yeah. some like long thing otherwise. Uh, this week we're doing Chris Hemsworth's Black Hat. <laughs> 
Oh, no, sorry, Jurassic Park. The first discovery was made in the spring of 1990. From a mine in South America came a piece of amber containing the fossilized remains of a prehistoric mosquito, one of many that had fed upon the blood of dinosaurs. From the DNA in that blood, science was able to recreate those giants. And for the first time, man and dinosaur shared the Earth. It happened at a place called Jurassic Park. This summer, director Steven Spielberg will take you there. Nineteen ninety two was a very different place, wasn't it? It it was, and it, it's funny, really, because um, if you showed me that trailer now, I would not want to watch that movie. <laughs> FYI, that's the teaser. Yes, yeah. So, yeah, so we, we made an active choice not to show the trailer for yeah. this because yeah. it, it was this. This is the teaser. This is the first bite. Yeah. Of this, what would become a phenomenon. And I suppose, unless you were a fan of a book and were keeping an ear to the ground at the time as to whether or not they were making a movie. Imagine you were sitting in the cinema and then that just comes on and you go, what What the hell is this? Bringing dinosaurs yeah. back to life? Well, the first, oh, what, 30, 40 seconds or so of that, all you can hear is the grinding and knocking of something. Yeah, and which, what you can see in that teaser, because it's just noise, is that they're in a mine of sorts mm. and they're if they're looking for amber <laughs> and using pickaxes yeah. to, you know, Jab at the wall, not the best technique. No. What's funny about that is they're using a really delicate method to get the amber out of the wall. They get the amber out of the wall and then they pickaxe it right in the middle of the amber. <laughs> to snap it in half? I think yeah. grind it with a angle grinder or something. Yeah. That is um, a very haphazard approach to what is probably a yeah. one in a billion find. Mm. It, it is. And, and also, there is not a single shot in that trailer that is from the movie. Yeah, mm. which is which is a technique. Like Steven Spielberg did the same thing when he made War of the Worlds. The first teaser trailer was just this crane shot of this glowing behind the hills in a suburban town, and it comes down, and that was basically it. Not in the movie. What I find very amusing about this is that Jurassic Park is quite well shot. You know, cinematography is pretty good in that film. For that trailer, we have like TV quality cinematography yeah. when yeah. they're digging, and it looks. Cheap and tacky. It's not the best way to sell your movie. It's like the first check from the uh, company hadn't come through yet on, <laughs> yeah. on actually making the film. But they would have been well and truly through principal photography at that point. I would, I would have thought so. Sure. I wonder what the time difference was between that coming out and the actual trailer. Mm. Because that and the actual trailer, you go, ooh, this is different. This That's is it. cool. So um, the three of us have a mutual friend who was um, in the cinema to witness this trailer get played mm. for the first time. And he remembers um, himself included. He's old now, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he remember, and he's a Spielberg fan, and obviously the, you don't know that that's a Spielberg film until the very end when they say from Steven Spielberg. Um, people were laughing allegedly in the cinema, yeah, right, because they thought that this is ridiculous. This looks stupid. That voiceover guy is, yeah. I yeah. mean, if he he finds a block of amber yeah. containing the DNA of. Dinosaurs. It, it is funny. It is funny. Yeah. And I, so I'd never seen that until just today when we were going to do this. And, and, you know, we decided on that trailer. And I can't believe that that is tied in any way whatsoever to the actual yeah. movie. Mm. Well, it came out in what? The film? Yeah. Uh, 93. 93. Oh, 
Mm. You know what this means. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Now, yes, when yes. we have a film that's a couple of years old, we have a magical tugboat. It's called the Time Tug. And it brings back films from a long, long time ago. So, let's let's bring out the tugboat. Yep, tug. Time Tug. Out you come, mate. Oh, thank you. Yep, bring out the tug. Good. Matt, you're a troglodyte. Oh, oh. thank you, Captain. Uh, that's that's the Captain, everybody. He's the Captain of the Time Tug. Um, I think the Captain's a bigger fan of the Lost World. I actually do like that film, but having said that, I like all of them apart from the 2015 film. I even like Fallen Kingdom, mm. but I won't get into that. Um, uh, yes, you will. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you will. I'm not. This is this is this is this is a hard film to talk about because you're talking about something that was childhood. That's for so that's many. Right. People, it it yeah. is almost the pinnacle example of a childhood film for so many people. Mm. Oh, this film gave me nightmares. Yeah. Like that that kitchen sequence where the velociraptors are chasing the kids. Nightmares for years. I don't think I that. was allowed to watch this film for uh, until I was like 11 or 12. Yeah, cuz I I def I would have seen this and and mum and dad if you are listening like don't feel bad. I'm over it now. But I re- I must have seen this when I was like 6 mm. or 7 or something mm. like that or even younger. I mean, I was still in the UK and I didn't move from the UK till I was seven. So I must have been younger than that. And and I do remember being absolutely petrified mm-hmm. of the Velociraptors, which is actually one of the reasons I don't like the 2015 film is because the Velociraptors aren't scary in that movie, yeah. which, which bugged me. Um, anyway, it, you're right. It's hard to talk about because it's just got so much nostalgia mm-hmm. around it. And, and, and it's, you know, you always look very fondly on... There are, this movie has massive issues, but I think we choose to ignore them. What? Go, no, please go on. Well, no, I'm, I'm you, if you this. have massive issues with it, like I, sometimes you get to the point where you're just like, I'm just not like I don't even think or can con- concern yeah. myself with problems. But Matthew, well, well, you, you're it. accusing. No, I, well, I am. Yes, of course I am. Uh, I choose to ignore them, but like there, there are no, there's no character development in this film at what? all. What? There, what? What? What character development is there? Doctor Grant. What, how does he develop? At the beginning of the movie, he explicitly says, and it's pretty on the nose, I hate kids. I'm going to kill them. Uh, and by the end of he the movie. He doesn't say he's going to kill them. And by the end of the film, he's best friends with two young children, which sounds odd, but he is. <laughs> okay, no, no, okay. But in terms of overarching character moments, that's all he's got. Hammond, okay? He's like, look at this park, look at this scientific marvel. And then by the end of the film, uh, I don't endorse your park. Oh, neither do I. Yeah, but I feel like it's he doesn't. Ha- he's not strong enough. He doesn't do anything. No, you're, you're no. wrong about this. But okay. there are dinosaurs. Oh, I, well, it's, it's funny, really. I, a few, few. oh, it would have been a couple of years ago, I was talking to a friend of mine, um, and sh- she loves this, this franchise, and she was commenting on how toxic the Star Wars fandoms become. Yeah. And she's going like, you know, the Star Wars fandom, there was like that but then the Jurassic Park fan was just oh look we got dinosaurs we don't really care we just love the movies anyway um, which is kind of cool I'm very surprised that- I, I think this movie is it it, it falls over pretty easily okay if keep- you if you, <sighs> if you analyze it I mean I'm not I'm not sold uh, on this please continue another and again this is nitpicking and I choose to ignore it when I'm watching the movie but there's that bit where John Hammond the, the head of InGen Sciences takes him on that tour and they get into a little cinema room and he has that thing where he talks to the screen version of himself. How many tours do you think they're going to do per day? And does he plan to be there for the rest of his life to do that in front of everyone that comes through? 
I'm sure that was for the corporate events <laughs> where Proof he's required to show off. No, Proof e- of concept. Yes, no, of course. It's, this is only a temporary score. Oh, how, yeah. Very dramatic. <laughs> rum, bum, yeah. bum, bum. It hasn't been written yet. And then the tour moves on. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so if he brings up points, we just let him talk and he talks himself out of the points. <laughs> what is it about we should have put locks on the doors? Or How many times we needed locking mechanisms on the vehicle doors? <laughs> That, ex- that, ex- that exists already. <laughs> I don't know if we should release this episode. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm continue. I want to know what else is bad about this film. No, I, I'm going to stop because I no, think you, no, you are right. It's not as bad as I'm, I'm insinuating, but I, I do think my point is that the movie is not as perfect as I think I like to think it is. Okay, this is, is, this is, is my, interesting. Is my point. I love the movie and I will never say anything, or other than just then, I'll never say anything bad about it because I don't care if there's any any plot holes or if you, like there's a bit on the in the helicopter where they're, they're flying to Isla Nublar and you can see the top of the projection screen out oh, the window. Jesus Christ! <laughs> which is quite funny. Um you're not supposed to be looking at it. You're supposed to be looking at John Williams' score. Like, I, <laughs> I have watched this film so many times. Um, you can I, see the strings on the helicopter. I, I do <laughs> I, I do really enjoy that bit where in the helicopter and Alan Grant has to do his seatbelt up and it's two female ends of the seatbelt. Yeah. And obviously they don't go together because you need the male end and the female yes, end for a seatbelt. Yes. And then he ties it together because life finds a way. And that's a metaphor for the dinosaurs who are all female, but because of the, the, the frog DNA. It's because of the frog DNA. They can change their sex in a single sex environment and therefore mate. And so you cannot contain nature. It's it will expand. You can't you can't control it. Has anyone read the book? I have. The book is is excellent. No. It's very violent. It's very violent. It's, it's not a kid's good. book. But it's it is good. good, yeah. Okay. Yeah. John Hammond cool. is a much more nasty character in that book. And he dies in the book. He does die. And so does Ian Malcolm. No, he, he lives. No, he dies, but then he comes back in the next book because, and this is a fact, you can Google this, um, he dies in the book, but Steven Spielberg liked working with Jeff Goldblum so much that he convinced Michael Crichton to write a, se- to write a sequel book and bring Ian Malcolm back to life so they could put him in the, in the second film. I was not aware. Yeah, so that second book was only written... After the first movie was made, and the and the and, oh. and the Lost World book is also very good. It is. It's great. Yeah, very different. And to is the, the second the... film the same as the book, or is it a different... very very different? Mm. Very different. The, the, the premise is more or less yeah. the same, but the, the plot goes in wildly different directions. It does. Yeah. Right. Mm. So okay. it's, again, it, the, the books are much nastier. Than Am the I film. right in saying that in the book there's there's no hunting party? It's literally just Ian Malcolm's group. Yes, and they're sort of trying to figure things out on the on the. That's from my, my from my memory. It, it has been about two years since uh, two years, ten years since I've read it. I, I feel like the, the the villainous company characters were already embedded within their group, right? As opposed to the two dueling factions that are seen in the film. Yeah. I think I think I'm running that. Yeah, I have a memory of this of Jurassic Park is that. I didn't whether it gave me anxiety. I'm not sure, but the whole thing about how they have. Where Laura Dern's character has to go and turn the power back on. Oh, oh my god! Yeah, yeah, it's such a that's such and, a horror scene. And like it? as a kid, you're like, like I just have memories of this is the bit of the movie I do not like. <laughs> and that's but again, you can understand why I was petrified of the Velociraptors. Yeah, the way that they they you know jump out at everyone and it. it's terrifying. But great animatronic work from Stan Winston. Like they're all robots and men yeah. in suits and that. That uh, the thing I don't know the exact statistic. This film is known for its groundbreaking CGI work. Mm. But I think there's something like six or seven minutes of CGI in its entire runtime. Mm-hmm. But there's very little. The rest of it... And my, one of my favourite stories from this film is in the big T-Rex attack. Stan Winston, who he 
championed animatronic stuff for films like he did the Terminator machine, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. He created this big T-Rex robot for this. This It was only like, you know, from the shoulders. The torso. The torso up, basically, and it couldn't really move. It just, the, the head would do stuff. And he said to Stephen, cool, it's done. Just make sure it doesn't get wet. It can't mm. get wet. And then he turns up on set and, you know, it's in this torrential downpour and the whole thing's like shaking because it's malfunctioning and everything. Uh, it's just like... Well, there were, there were some, some of that is that, like, it would be turned off, mm. but because of malfunctions or whatever, it would suddenly move. That's right, yeah. Without anyone controlling it and it would just do stuff. <laughs> Which is terrifying to think about. Because this thing's pretty big, like it was life-size. You know mm. Matt likes a film when he starts... Um, telling stories about the film. And he I tells, wasn't there, obviously. And, and he tells the stories like he's there. <laughs> I he, wish I was he, there. He turned to you, Alex, and he's like, Stan Winston, you know Stan. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> he told Spielberg, Steve. Yeah. Uh, as I call him, as I refer to him, Steve, mate, mate. Young Richard, when he was on set, they got hit by a hurricane. And you know the shots of the weather <laughs> where the hurricane hits? That's an actual hurricane they'd send a camera I call crew him Addy. Um, old Addy. Um, he, you know, everyone else was going into shelters and old, and Stephen saw old Richard just mm. walking around quite calm and said, What's wrong? And Richard said, oh, I lived through the London Blitz. This is nothing. Have you seen Jeff anywhere? Go. <laughs> It's chaos theory. That's chaos theory. Matt, I just want to say we appreciate you. Thank you, Steve. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, thank you for accepting me with all my flaws. Oh, yes. Rich, <laughs> yeah, Richard Attenborough, brother of David Attenborough. Of course. Mm. Uh, Richard passed away not too long ago. Uh, 2016, mm. I think, unfortunately. Um, did he ever make it into any, any of the Jurassic World there's a statue of him in Jurassic mm. World, but he's not. He doesn't appear in. And I think there's a photo or a painting of him in Fallen Kingdom. Yeah, and he's in he's in Lost World, correct? He, he's in Lost yeah. World. Yes, yes. I wish there was more of him in Lost World actually, because I do like his more conservative attitude. Where he's yeah. he's gone from uh, what is Jeff Gold? What's Jeff Goldblum's line in that? Something like you've gone from capitalist to naturalist in just four years. Yeah. That's that's something. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that's a, that's the sequel. We'll do that in another episode. <laughs> yeah. How good is that scene when they're being chased by the T Rex and they're in the, and they're in the truck yeah. and you see in the mirror objects in the mirror made <laughs> are closer than they appear. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> There's so just many little things that it's iconic. And again, it's a movie that actively reminds you of what movie you're watching frequently because you see the Jurassic Park logo. On everything. Mm. Yeah. So there's never any... I think that's... Yeah, it's never any... I, I've always wanted a Ford Explorer. I know that they'd be so... I mean, there was a 92 model probably. So, But the one with like the green and yellow paintwork, that, I always thought they looked fantastic, those cars. Do you think we have this... Like we talked about before about how Spielberg has that... Who nails that childlike wonder and mm. horror. And I mean, in this, you're putting two kids. Mm. I mean... Who are the title characters? I mean, it's almost like it's a group of them, isn't it? Like It is. I guess it's- Alan Grant um, is probably, Sam Neill is probably yeah. the lead. Laura Dern is his um, scientific partner in this. Mm. Are they romantic partners? They are. That they are, yes. They are. Yeah. And you've got the two young kids as well and then Jeff Goldblum's character. And the blood-sucking and the, lawyer. And the blood-sucking lawyer. Donald um, Gennaro. I don't know why I remember his name. Who <laughs> <laughs> does a great thing where he looks up the camera and just before he's eaten, adjusts his tie. Yeah, that's right. Just, oh, oh, just got to... Oh, oh, oh. Um, and, and Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. I, I literally forget that he's in this film, but he's so good in it as well. He's, and, he's never been... He's never, his name's not on any posters. It's yeah. never like advertises him being in this film, but he is. Now, who's and the uh, gentleman plays uh, Dennis Nedry? Oh. Newman. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't know the actor's name. I thought name. you're a Seinfeld fiend. Oh, I couldn't. I couldn't mm. tell you. Does anyone want anything from the vending machine? Because I've I've had any sweets, and I thought I might get something salty. It's another line. He's such a good character, though. He's a great character. He's such a yeah. slimy. Don't get uh, cheap on me, Donson. That was doesn't doesn't see. We got Donson here. Nobody cares. Here. Nice hat. Were <laughs> you trying to look like a secret agent? <laughs> Well, I remember like the whole sequence of him having the shaving cream. I'm like, oh man, yeah, how sneaky is that? That's that's some spy stuff, right? Oh, wow. <laughs> and then he gets done by a Dilophosaur. Yeah, Dilophosaurus. Dilophosaurus. Mm. And you think, oh, how cool is that? <laughs> like great puppetry. Terrific puppetry. Not based in science whatsoever. No, I, I do get quite <laughs> a, and I'm not not in the sense that I'd ever get Wayne Knight. Wayne Knight. No, that's right. He is good in the film. I would never get go online and complain about this. Obviously, it's just. It, but I, they make it expressly clear that they've altered the DNA of the dinosaurs to bring them back to life. So the whole kind of, I feel like that was them just giving themselves a get out of jail free card. Like they're not accurate dinosaurs. So just enjoy the movie. I know, but I like. <sighs> they do give the Velociraptors feathers in Jurassic Park Three. I yeah, I know. Uh, I do. I like dinosaurs though, mm. and mm. so it's it's fascinating to see that. Even back in the 90s, like around the period of this film, they knew that most dinosaurs had feathers. Right. And yet they chose they probably couldn't, not to. Yeah, but they probably couldn't render it with CGI they, at the They time. probably couldn't, yeah. And they probably so, couldn't really waste time on getting the feathers sort of put into the animatronics as well. Yeah. yeah it's like, let's just get this right with this stuff. But, I mean, that reminds me, like, how good is... When we see the dinosaurs, like the whole reveal when... The, the when Brachiosaurus, the, I think it is. Brontosaurus. Brontosaurus. I'm not sure which one it is. Pachycephalosaurus. I think you mean. It's a great scene. Yeah. Anyway, so John Williams' score and like that whole reveal, the character reveal of like this shock and awe of looking, you know, looking and seeing these dinosaurs for the first time, and just how that's translated on film is just done. Mm. Seamlessly, like, it is. You, like you don't worry about the CGI in that because it looks it looks perfectly fine. It does. Like, I mean, you can tell this movie was shot in 1992 and came out in 93, but it does hold up remarkably well. There's a, there's a scene just before that that has since I've first watched the movie has always irked me, and that's when Doctor Elise Adler is looking at that leaf. And she's oh yeah, like, this shouldn't be here. It should be extinct. And we never really get into whether the scientists at InGen have been restoring old plants as well. Well, I think they do because there's the, when they're having their lunch, uh, chili and sea bass, I believe, they oh, she, has, she has <laughs> she has that. I have no shame. I, I am just enjoying being able to prove how much I know this film. Um, she has that line about, you guys have plants in this building that are poisonous, but you pick them because they look good. So I think they have been making plants... Um, for food for the dinosaurs and also for just the way they look. Yeah, which I I, I don't know. I just feel like it that that needed a like an, an additional line. That's fair. Yeah, I, I, and I don't know why it irked me. It always but it always had irked me. No, that's that's more than fair. Well, enough. I would suggest that they were just trying to focus on the dinosaurs in the film, and yeah. maybe they'll make a film just for you, Steve, <laughs> where the plants go wild. They can restore some of those mosquitoes that have been I'm, blood sucking out of the plant. I'm pretty sure that's called Attack of the Triffid. Or Day of the Triffids. Day of the Triffids yeah. is what you're thinking of. Yeah, but I don't think that dinosaurs ever had to fight highly aggressive plant life. It's just I think like me just trying to do of. my gardening. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes. Um, I, I mentioned him just briefly before, but I think John Williams is, you know, just mm. a master. But I, I do think this is one of his best scores alongside perhaps what, E.T. What had he scored before this? He would have done... Star uh, Wars. Star Wars, yep. Fiddler on the Roof. He did that. Yep. That was one of his first things. Then he would have done... Indiana uh, Jones. Indiana Jones. Yep. E.T., uh, what else had Spielberg? He'd basically done anything that Spielberg had made up until that point. So he wasn't exactly obscure. Oh, God, no. No, no. He, he, I reckon that in the 90s, John Williams was at his peak. He was about to go in to do Phantom Menace in 1999, which we all know has, uh, to say we would about Phantom Menace, but the score is flawless. Mm. You know, and I think um, the 90s was a good decade for John Williams. What are you laughing at? <laughs> John, you remember John? He was contracted for work in 1999. You remember that, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I I spoke to John about his time on <laughs> on Phantom Menace. He remembers it fondly. <laughs> God, I miss Wilbur. <laughs> uh, right, no, the score was always. I mean, has John Williams ever done a bad score? Oh, I mean, I'm not. I could never do any better. I I feel like there's there is a film that was done recently where I felt like he was more not a bad score, but just it was superfluous because it was a drama. I think it was The Post. Yeah, yeah, and no, and again, right. it's not yeah. a bad score. It's just that film doesn't require much music. Mm-hmm. And John Williams is someone you really need to just let off the leash and just mm-hmm. say, "Go do what you do," you know. And yeah, well, that's the thing, isn't it? We think about this film, and probably in the top five things that you think about this film, possibly yeah. the top three is. The score. Yeah, yeah, it's terrific. And it's not something that you can say for a lot of film where mm. you go, that is one of the key things that I have as a memory. Yeah. You, know, you have, okay, the concept of seeing dinosaurs. You have the concept of the, the CGI that was groundbreaking at the time. And then you have, oh, do you remember the music in that movie? <laughs> Which, you know, and we have that thought of a lot of films. We think, oh, how amazing was the music of this? But this is truly one of the examples. You only need to hear three seconds of that. Yeah. And you got dressed up. Yeah. Straight away. Exactly. No question asked. But I think it's incredible for John Williams to have been able to have done that. I would suggest not being an expert film composer, but I would suggest that you would have that moment perhaps once or twice in your career but he's done it repetitively yeah. like think of how, how many complex themes are in Empire Strikes Back yeah. and they're all memorable yeah and then he and he goes Indiana Jones memorable themes. Even um, Marion's theme in, in in Raiders of the Lost Ark is mm. a terrific theme. The man is just a legend. I can't believe he's got away with just doing this. What a job! Can we be critical of anything in Jurassic Park that you haven't discussed already? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I really enjoy the um, Robert Muldoon character, the ranger, mm-hmm. because he's potentially the only one who's working for InGen, who even at the very beginning of the movie is going, this is all going to end in tears. Because his entrance mm-hmm. at the beginning where they're shipping the, the animals into their enclosures... He's standing there with his shotgun, and you can just tell, like, he's not happy that he's doing yeah. this. He'll take the money, but he doesn't approve of what's going on. I mean, I, I, w- I might say that Laura Dern is wasted. Mm-hmm. I think, I think uh, Ellie Sadler gets a lot more to do in the book, and, mm. and Laura Dern in this film is uh, a pretty big highlight for someone who doesn't have a, uh, as many lines as, as, you know, Dr. Ian Malcolm. Yeah, no, exactly. It, it's funny, when they made Jurassic Park 3, and obviously that was exciting because Sam Neill came back because he obviously skipped The Lost World, mm. they do have Laura Dern in yeah. Jurassic Park 3, but she's like in one or two scenes. Why didn't she go with him? That would she's, be great. She's a, she's a housewife in that. I, I know, she but... Is, she's, that's ridiculous. But write the character differently. That's what I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's, it's a disservice to her to be a housewife in that it, movie. It, no, sorry, I, I agree with you. You're, yeah, we are agreeing with each yeah. other. I understand. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, I, I was always disappointed <laughs> that they thought, here's a great female character that went on this first journey. So she's 
met these creatures before. Mm. I know we're talking about a, a different Jurassic Park film now. But yeah, they, they wasted her in that movie. I, what yeah. I love about her in Jurassic Park, though, is that she's not helpless. Yes, that's right. Yes. She's yes. very she's a very strong character. If anything, she's probably more capable mm. than uh, Sam Neill's character in a way that she's quite proactive in getting stuff done. Mm. He sort of reacts to things because he has to sort of come across, you know, yeah, sure, he climbs over a fence at one point <laughs> and fits a dad joke in there. Yeah, yes, um, which is still great. <laughs> and then I guess they... Sorry, I've just had something come into my head. Oh, no. That I can't... I need explained to me. Okay, I can help. We, we, we will both help. How is the T-Rex standing on the other side of the fence? Oh, see, now I, did, I was hoping and, no one would bring this up. And then the car gets thrown over and it's a cliff. Yeah. I think you've just acknowledged, and I didn't want to bring it up myself, one of the biggest continuity errors in blockbuster history. No. Where was it standing? There's a cliff there with a giant tree. How did it step over the fence? Um. The car goes through the gap where the fence is broken. Therefore, it's the same gap that the T-Rex comes in from. I don't have an answer for you. No, and neither do I. And this is what keeps me awake at night, is my, how how could they overlook that? My only theory is that there is obviously the, the little ravine that you might see with like a lion pen or something like that, okay? And the, the T-Rex, much like other dinosaurs, can jump to the ledge. <laughs> I Look, I will admit, um, there are a couple of shots where I think, so you've got, I'm using hand gestures. This is an audio um, medium. You've got medium. the little like, but, like Hot Wheels out as well. Yeah, I was. And then the car does this and then it blows up. No, so you've got, let's, let's say you've got the fence running in a, in a, in a straight line and then you've got the, the, the empty cliff on the other side. And I think there is, there is a bit of a ledge there that it could perhaps stand on. But I just I think they made a mistake of not having a shot that shows that. If you like slow the movie down, which I have done, I think you can... <laughs> I think you can actually see there is a bit of a, a ledge that's coming out um, from the, the the fence line, and that's probably where because because the goat was there as well, you know, when it has the mm. goat come up. But yeah, I just want everyone to know that Matt's currently having his Pepe Silvia moment um, right now. I don't understand that reference. Uh, if you haven't seen it, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. You won't. Oh, I know what you're saying. Yes, silver, but, yeah. yes. No, I, I, yeah, I get it now. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you. I don't know what you're getting, which means a lot of our audience is no, going to get. So what you know, you're I disagree. You know the bloke who has got all the papers up on the wall, and he's got like a cigarette, and he's clearly been staying up, like trying to figure out this. Oh, conspiracy. you're referring to the meme. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Pepe Silva, Pepe Silva. Yeah. And I've run out of red string. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's. <laughs> I'll show you Pepe Silva later on. Niche, maybe I'll put it in the show notes. I'll just okay, link to it. Just image. a picture, yeah. Okay. <laughs> put my face on it. <laughs> <sighs> what else can I say about this movie? No, 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 no. I, I've always loved the vehicles. but You've they, said that I, I, don't, I, I know, but I didn't reference the Jeep Wranglers. I, I only referenced the Ford Explorers. Oh, God. No, I, they, they, yeah, the way the design of this movie is just so good. It's, it's lovely. <sighs> Oh, I can tell I'm going to be quiet now. No, no, no. It's perfectly fine. It's Your passion invokes our passion and belief in your uh, whatever it is you're doing over there. This is my life. <laughs> is that another quote from the movie? Uh, it could have been. Yeah. Uh, life does find a way. Mm. Mm. What's the line about um, dinosaurs inherit the earth, something rather, and women, no, women um, inherit the earth? God, oh. God creates dinosaurs. God destroys dinosaurs. God creates man. Man creates dinosaurs. Man destroys God. Dinosaurs eat man. Women inherit the earth. Jesus Christ. 
and then they all do a slow turn to look at her. I'm a little bit aroused. <laughs> <laughs> and she does that staring out the window without sort of talking to anyone, doesn't she? That, that's right, yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's actually yeah, it's quite a funny moment. Turn and... <clears throat> And I also like how you got Timmy, the kid, um, who's a huge fan of Alan Grant, who doesn't like kids at the beginning of the film, who's got Alan Grant's book. And as he's walking along, he's trying to tell him about this other doctor's book. He's like, yeah, but his, his book was so much thicker than yours. Yours was fully illustrated, honey. <laughs> just like this, is, like this <laughs> tiny book. Uh, so anyway, just a little deep cut there for you. Can we rate this now? <laughs> I think that would be a good idea. Can you rate this film? Is this film rateable? It's a five for me, so okay, great. talk amongst yourselves. No, 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 no. I think, you know, you need to wrap up your emotions in this because you've had <laughs> half an hour to discuss it. I feel yeah. like you should be able to succinctly put together this in a, in a sentence. And I'm not going to let you go first. I'm not going to let you go second. In fact, I'm not going to let you go at all. No, <laughs> you, you, you can wrap this up. Okay. And, um, uh, Steve, why don't you uh, go first? It's going to be a uh, surprise, surprise. It's going to be a five for oh, me. A, a sigh of relief came across um, it is. It look. It is. It's just a. It's just a wonderful movie to come back to, every now and again, because it. It. It's just. It's homely. Mm-hmm. It's homely. It's. It's. It's something you can look at and you can track your own little personal development from being this. This scared little kid who's afraid of dinosaurs in this movie that the adults won't let you watch, to watching the movie as a teenager and being sucked up by all the great moments of humour and, and mm. acting by the cast to being now, uh, are we middle-aged adults? Oh, speak for yourself. Uh, to being out of the prime demographic and, <laughs> and really uh, appreciating this for the adolescent experience that it was. Sure. Everything about it is just gorgeous and beautiful. Mm. Very nice. Five. You know, I'll go five as well, um, but I will say this about it is that I don't think that kids who will be the demographic now, who were the same demographic back then, will appreciate it in the same light. Do you think that? that they've, so they've kind of seen the whole kind of they, they wizardry have, already. They might they? have experienced a lot of other things already to this point where you show them this film and it's just another action film. I like, think maybe Jurassic World is, is, is a detriment to it a little bit. So I ideally... I think Jurassic World is a detriment to cinema. There's also that. Um, you know what I mean? You know, does, I do does get that what make you mean. What I'm trying to say there? It's much like, you know, the first time I saw Terminator 2. Like nowadays, the, the effects in that are pretty rudimentary. But at the mm. time, I'd never seen anything like that before. And it was incredible. So I, I'm curious to find out or discover if anyone wants to let us know whether it has the same effect that it did when it was mm. first released. Um, I mean, we can. I guess to that effect, we can talk about when we see films like we did Rear Window yeah. at one point yeah. and that still had the same effect. Or like We felt those emotions that I'm sure people felt back then Yeah, yeah. to some extent. So I'm hoping that the, it has that relevance along the lines. You know, you think of all those films like 2001 A Space Odyssey and Close Encounters, mm. uh, you know, those sort of films, Jaws. I, th- I think so. I mean, I, I watched... Star Wars, the first time when I was 15. Oh, of course, Star Wars. Right. I mean, that's 1977. Yeah. But yeah. at that time, we were getting, we were getting prequel films. And yeah. I mean, I yeah. wasn't aware of any backlash or anything like that. Well, at the time, there wasn't any yeah. until much later. But, you know, watching that first, watching A New Hope, the, the space battle at the end was, yeah. was phenomenal. <laughs> you know, and that's a, that's a movie from the 70s. But as a 15-year-old in the mid-noughties, I'm still being blown away by... 
this ancient technology bringing this space battle to life. Yeah. I still think there's still a place for Jurassic Park. I reckon I saw the remake, like the re-releases of the original Star Wars films in. Was that in the nineties? That I they think were it was ninety seven. Ninety seven. Yeah, when they were re-released, and I saw them in the cinemas. And it was my cousin who took me to see those films because he's obsessed with it at the time. He's a little bit older than I am. And what was my emotion out of that? I think it was I watched it, I saw it, and I was like, okay, this is cool. Mm. This is cool. <laughs> All right. I wasn't like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing ever. Because mm. by then we'd had films like Jurassic Park yeah, and so yeah. on. I do remember walking back to the car and I was trying to make the traffic lights change with my mind. (laughs) You know? Yeah, yeah. So it obviously has that sort of effect. But at the same time, when The Phantom Menace came out, I loved that movie. I, it, when I, it came out, I thought I yeah. saw it in the cinema a few times. I was like, "This is fantastic." I think I might have touched on this before, and I, I know we're a little off off topic. But in terms of like nostalgia and looking back, I know when I was a kid, I loved Phantom Menace, like loved it. Mm. And then I got when I was in my mid teens, I definitely turned around and thought, "No, this is everyone on the internet is right. This movie's terrible." Mm. And then, but then I kind of came back and calmed down a little bit and realized, <laughs> "No, my my legitimate emotional reaction to that movie is that I love it, and I and I've now accepted that and have no shame in saying I like Phantom Menace." But I, I think, like you say, Alex, with kids today, I think we have that benefit of again the nostalgia. And like you say, Steve, you remember back to when you first saw it, mm. and I think that does. It's not a detriment to the film, but it counts for a lot. Mm. Uh, well, um, Alex, you, you have a child now. I would suggest getting Ellie to watch this as soon as possible so that she has that sense of wonder Dr- Jurassic and fear. Park? Yeah, I think oh, yeah, so. Oh, yeah, sure, no worries. Yeah. We limit her current TV viewing to zero <laughs> hours a day, so I'm going to throw her first film experience in with Jurassic Park. You know, I, I've sometimes wondered if someone who had never seen any cinema suddenly sat down and was shown Fellowship of the Ring, what their reaction would be. Because there were scary bits in that film. There were incredibly spectacular bits in that, in that movie. Would they... I don't know what, how you'd react to that. Like, if you have no concept of how a movie is made, I just... Anyway. I, just, I, I, I also live. think we can't speak to this as well. Because we're, I think, kids these days are growing up in a really different world. Mm. And I think they're living in the world of, of memes. Yeah. Well, nothing. you're living... You, everybody's living in this world of saturation. Yeah. Where yeah. you can access anything and everything anytime you want. Not just saturation. A little bit of everything but, all of the time. Not just saturation, right? but saturation as well. Like, I'm, I'm sure people are seeing absurd memes about Jurassic Park, having never seen the film. Oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? And then they're seeing it through this lens of of it being made fun of for the right reasons, of uh-huh. course. But but you're worried that when they then see the film, you know, it's much like the the do it meme from Revenge of the Sith, which is Palpatine yeah. going do it. If people and and that is a funny meme, but I feel like people who maybe see the meme before they've ever seen Revenge of the mm. Sith, when that scene comes along, which is in the moment a very serious moment, yeah. We'll just laugh, yeah, because of the mm. meme. And I think again, like, are we in danger of ruining these moments through? Just the cultural. I, I thing. don't think. I don't think any of us can speak to her. I think. No, you're probably right. If we, we sat down with a 15 year old and said, "Well, what do you think of that? Think of these culturally sort of significant things," we would get a completely different answer to what we would be asked yeah. in their position mm. back when. So my mm. child is just over one. Yeah. Now I would suggest waiting. I was again. I was probably five, and I had nightmares. So maybe four would be ideal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I don't do that. It's a horrible um, idea. <laughs> I'm thinking maybe six or seven. Yeah, I think seven. Yeah, towards Roughly. eight. I would suggest because they thinking ten. <laughs> what? I was thinking ten. 
Because there's some genuinely really scary bits. I just don't want to have to wait that long. Samuel L. Jackson loses his arm. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> you, you see that like plop on her shoulder. I mean, you, you see the guy, the blood-sucking vampire lawyer get um, eaten like, yeah. just on screen. There he is. No, being, they, they don't shy away from much. Jeff Goldblum's chest is going to inspire some really confu- confusing <laughs> feelings. Uh, well, you know, it is what it is. So Yeah, that's right. Not many people can resist that, put it that way. <laughs> it wasn't in the script, actually. He just was lying like that on set and they shot it. Um, now, do we, we've given our rating, haven't we? I, I haven't given mine. Oh, okay, Matthew, um, please wrap, wrap it up for us right it, now. It's a five from me. Oh. No surprises. And I, I think I'll just sign off on my little... Um, my my obsessions by just by just saying, like, this is one of those movies for me and, and I've always touched on a few of the others in, in my childhood that just... It's like a warm hug. Every time no. I go back, if I ever, you know, I think Lord of the Rings and Star Wars are the same. It's just, it's always there, you know, like a comforting blanket, I suppose. I've never had any, despite me trying to make a point earlier, but quite badly, I don't actually have any issue with this movie whatsoever. I think it's just perfect in for what it is, you know, in its entertainment value and the way it looks. And, and I want one of the full explorers. So if anyone wants to send one through, that'd be great. It has to be a 92 model. Anyway, love Jurassic Park. You know, I feel like this has been one of those episodes where, you know, typically we try and keep these episodes around 30 minutes. I did start by saying you could cut me off at any point. No, but I feel it's okay every so often. If you have a passion for something, I think it's important that you follow that passion. I'm going to cry. And if we allow this once... Every so often, I think it's good. You know, so we, we thank you. For, we thank you for your passion. Oh, Matthew. well, thank you v for letting me off vendetta. the leash. Now this movie. <laughs> what else have you gone off about? There, there have been a few. Got Mortal Engines. Uh, I got very passive aggressive about Mortal Engines, but I stand by what I said. We were poking and prodding. Um, <laughs> I feel like there's another movie though. He went Castaway. Did you go? On I, I do like Castaway, Castaway, but I feel like I was restrained. You were sharing your mum's passion for that yeah, movie, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think there is Blade a one. Blade Runner was the one. Oh, oh yes, yes, that Blade was, Runner. That was a match. Which reminds me, I do have a few other points. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, it, it genuinely concerns me if we ever decide to do Alien. Oh, um, my God. You shouldn't have said that. Oh no, look, I'll God. give you guys six months and then we'll come back to that. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'll just do that one by myself. It's fine. You, you, you know, you, you, know, you get me started. And Steve, it's funny. Like just looking, just some sheer mention of it. Looking at his eyes, it's just like you see this, this thing just glowing. Arousal. Or whatever. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. Uh, so, the day you at home listening, you see an episode pop up, and it says Alien. I think the day an episode pops up that says No Time to. Die. Yeah, so at the moment that's scheduled for September the 30th I didn't in this ask, country. I didn't ask. We, no, I didn't no one ask. actually asked what, what you wanted, Matthew. I, all right, yeah. Well, <laughs> what if it's bad? It could be. I, I, had a, I had this discussion with a friend of mine recently because it's been delayed, I think, three times now and I'm really looking forward to it. Is It's, it's this kind of thing of... You are aware that the movie might not be good. Like, just be aware that you you could have waited all this time for nothing. Is it going to be Daniel Craig's last one? It is, yeah. Okay, there you go. Yeah. All right. Well, so Ooh. we wrapped up. So, believe it or not, we were talking about Jurassic Park. 
And that's wrapped up with a yeah. solid 15 out of 15. Which, oh, he's going to say more. It, what? So I just say Jesus. it's a product of its time, but that trailer is terrible. Okay, yes, that is fair enough. I, yeah. I, I like that trailer. Yeah? yeah, it gives you intrigue. It gives me intrigue. It's very, it is, like I like said, product of its time. It's very 90s. It is very 90s, yes. Very it looks 90s. like one of those 90s um, anti-piracy videos. Yeah. It does. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm done. I'm, I'm good. I'm All right, good. well. There you well, go. You know there's a new Jurassic Park film coming out next year, right? Jurassic World. Jurassic World um, Dominion, I think it's called. Indeed it is. Is yes, Chris it is. Pratt in it? Does it have Chris Pratt and Sam Neill and Jeff Goldblum and Laura Dern and, Laura and Dern. Bryce Dallas Howard. In the whole game. Like just, just like cameos? Or? No, in the, well, apparently they're in the whole thing. Apparently. You're being played off. <laughs> you think you think Colin Trevor is lying to us? No, no, you're being played off. Oh, oh, it's uh, walk oh. me out, walk me out, <laughs> wait, wait, sir, sir. Please just just come with me. I'd, no, like, <laughs> I'd like to leave right now without a fuss. <laughs> We've been the Trailer Island podcast, and this was, you know, I'm going to say it's mostly Matt, but I feel like we all had a bit to play. In Guest this starring. Guest starring Steve oh, and Alex. I'm sorry. So, yes, we were the Trail Island Podcast. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts from Google, Apple, Spotify, Deezer, Amazon, everywhere uh, where you find your podcast and don't forget to give us a rating give us you know a bit of feedback as well it helps us find an audience a sneaky five star review really goes a long way and you can send in a request this is a request by Matthew for himself it wasn't (laughs) I was so excited when I found out we were going to be doing it it was great Jesus Uh, yes so you can find us wherever you get your podcast tell your friends as well there's an email contact at trailerarm.com.au you can visit Twitter Instagram Facebook Messenger if you want to throw us a sneaky little request there let us know if we're doing a good job whether Matthew needs to get his own show Um, no I need the support mattrance.com.au I've been Alex I was joined by Matthew James Cromwell what? James Cromwell who's James Cromwell? doing <laughs> good night everyone <laughs> was that a good dinosaur i think so but we need locking mechanisms on the vehicle doors i want to get out i want to get out this is a narrative network podcast